I recently attended uh, like a corporate law event, which is quite boring. Um, but they talked about, you know, what we really want from people, something that people don't really know is that you have to be yourself. And I was sat there thinking, A, that's a lie. Because most, I mean, I've, I've worked, you've worked, Ben, Lawrence, you've been working as well. When yeah. you're working, the kind of person you are in your job is essentially a kind of paid actor. You're, you're being, you're working, but you're putting on a persona that's kind of more polished, more professional, probably a bit more bland. You're not really your true self that you were like once you leave your job and come home. So the question I want to ask was, what do you think it means to actually be yourself? Gosh, yeah, that is that is very true, isn't it? It is often remarkable, you know, when you're at work and you're like chatting to people and you're just doing small talk and you're like, God, I am, I must sound so boring right now. Like I, I can't do any of the sarcastic jokes I do with friends. I can't take the piss out of these people. I just have to smile at them and be nice. Um, it can be quite jarring, can't it? Yeah. But yeah, but then even with your friends, it's like the other end of the sort of spectrum. Is everyone the, the self with their friends? I I'm obviously mainly myself. Like well, I think I am myself, my <laughs> friend. But there's always like a I don't know. There's always like a slight thing that's sort of they're always trying to like balance and appease the people you're with. If you know what I mean? That point about small talk, Ben. I actually think small talk is something that I'd love to see get cancelled this year. <laughs> it is it is one of the most horrific parts of meeting someone and it's it's got i've noticed it's got worse when i've got older so i remember when i was at uni i was meeting people for the first time the small talk even though it was quite repetitive oh what school did you go to or oh, what are you studying it it felt more sincere because you could see it leading to a friendship whereas at work obviously there's no obligation for you to actually become friends with people you just have to get on yeah. you have to just have a civil relationship so i think it becomes, yeah, like you said, more jarring, kind of more soul crushing because you're, you're, you're being fake. You're asking questions like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, what are you up to today? Or what are you for lunch? And you don't actually care. For some people, I mean, you might for some people your work, like, but those people are maybe are your, you know, close supervisors or your friends. But for most people, you're like, I actually don't care about what you're doing and it, it, it does make me feel quite bad about myself that I had to do that yeah the, the thing is I, this is going to sound really odd but I, I kind of look on small talk sometimes when I think about it I reflect on it I'm like actually it's a really big skill like the ability such a skill is the ability skill. to hold a conversation with a complete stranger or someone you don't know very well is absolutely a skill and it takes practice and when you see someone who's really good at it they can really like drive through the crap like whereas other people would just be like Oh, the weather was so bad, and the other person's like, "Yeah, the weather's bad." Someone who's really good at small talk might be like, "The weather's really bad," and then they'll ask, them, then they'll they'll jump from that and they'll go really personal, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, they'll remember something you said the other week, like, oh, didn't you have a barbecue? Like, tell us about your friends, and tell us about this,' and it it's you know it starts blossoming from being small talk into something a bit bigger. So, yeah, like, it's a skill. Like, it's something I think everyone. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at it to be honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I always say to people is that one of the things I love and hate about you Ben is that I think you make a very good first impression I think you're one of the people who actually can do small talk quite well yeah Cheers. do you agree as well Loz like I think yeah. especially when I remember being at parties and stuff that was a long time ago but yeah you were one of the few people who I think I mean from the outside it felt like you were in your element like meeting people and I think I love meeting people but I hate the small talk I want to just get to know them like straight away I don't want to have to do like 
oh hi you're right oh who's mate are you yeah. oh it's just it makes me cringe inside thinking about people it. like ben at first <laughs> then they get to know the, the real, real the real him yeah they scrape away the shine um yeah no you know what i actually i, I kind of agree because you know i've been to like mixes and networking events i really enjoy them personally i think it's just a really interesting way of meeting you know complete randoms and maybe mm. seeing what, what comes of it this is i think it's really fun being around new people and chatting to them but um yeah first impressions are pretty crazy it's all about having a good smile and i i'm starting to realize that actually the best way to get through these situations um is to you have to bring the energy i yeah. find that if i'm in a room or in a group of people and they're quite chatty and they're you know quite open and personable then i am more likely to be like oh cool i can be i can be like myself i can ask you know the questions i want to ask and i can be friendly whereas if yeah. i've been a i've been at like um like open days and stuff where I'm in a group of people and they're so quiet and they're like so awkward and so I feel so embarrassed to be that person to be like hey what's going on like what's your name like tell me what's, what's going you know yeah yeah you just have to not be embarrassed is the I know it sounds it's probably yeah, that's probably a problem I sort of almost suffer from is set like becoming in sort of embarrassed in that sort of situation I'm not the greatest at talking anyway like to strangers I think you're quite comfortable now Loz to be fair yeah yeah i'm all right i still um when it's like someone like re- like new and it's in a room of like say i'm talking to like a small group of people yeah i'm not very good at like well being the real me if you know what i mean yeah, of course <laughs> and actually your point like, earlier about like with mates is the opposite problem like when yeah obviously you know we all went to a boys school and there are like certain pressures to act in a certain way that isn't how actually you normally are um yeah and I was actually thinking about this, like, I don't regret it, obviously, because I had, you know, had a very good time, but I think we would have turned out far more socially competent if we went to a mixed school, in terms of being, yeah. like, the kind of people that we actually are, rather than having to conform to a certain idea. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I think you le- we would have learned stuff earlier, if you know what I mean, like, how to be around... I think I think the benefit the of sex and stuff. going to a yeah. boys' school was kids for another, like, two years, two or three years. Yeah. We got to run around the playground and you know play it. And if there yeah, were but people, bro, school, people still do that in a mixed school. I absolutely not. I, I, yeah, I agree. But I think boys get very embarrassed. Like having spoken to other people who went to mixed schools, hmm. they get very embarrassed and very conscious of um, when they're being like childish or silly when girls are around at school. They just they just feel that judgment. Whereas I think when you're at a, an all boys school, there isn't that element, and you can just be a complete nutter. Um, and who's going to judge you? That's true. And I guess the only... I, yeah, that's, it's a good thing. I guess you get to enjoy that more carefree years quite early on. But then, I th- obviously, it means that I think when you do finally go to uni or college or whatever and you actually have to integrate with, you know, the opposite sex, you are far more immature. But I know it became a bit of a running joke at uni where you could literally see it. You could look at a boy and see how they act and you're like, yeah, you went to a boys' school. <laughs> it's ridic- it was ridiculous. It was yeah. It just, I think it reinforced the idea that you can just be immature and that's just fine and that's just, that just should be accepted. The yeah. amount of times I, I remember like getting uh, in my first year like quite drunk um, at like a social and uh, there was a girl who was in like second year uh, and she was like, um, like why, are you, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, do you think this is funny? <laughs> 
And at the time, I was just, I, obviously I didn't say anything because it would have been quite rude. But um, I just in my head, I was like, "Yeah, I am finding it fun actually." Is that, a, <laughs> is that <a> problem? <laughs> like, is that is that bad that I'm like really I'm embracing how immature I am for a very short period of time? Because obviously, at some point, we all have to grow up. We all have to, you know, kick on and learn these social cues. But um, yeah, maybe we did benefit from a kind of closed circuit where we could just do what we want. And yeah, it was yeah, fun. that girl sounds like a square though, honestly. Imagine going to Union. Go, imagine going to Union being like, oh, why are you getting drunk? The square is such a funny term. Didn't you, um, <laughs> such a square. Was that your first... You know that I saw that video the other day of um, you when you like had to throw up into the bucket. Oh, okay, right. Was that yeah, your like, first... Um, was that your first sort of day or first week? So my first... Oh, God, I'm exposing myself. Uh, yeah, first... Um, first i think it was the wednesday or fresh of the week so like the first or second night because i think i got there on the saturday or sunday right yeah so what was the what was the small talk like before that like in that few weeks so you must have got you know what is it something i really envy in that period of i think when you're at uni it's a different thing you're all quite naive you're all quite excited luckily everyone in my flat was so friendly and we were all like just so keen to meet new people because one of the dreaded things that you, I got told a lot is just pray you're not in a bad flat where people are just weird or like they're not very conversational, whatever it is in their room. And I was quite worried because I was a, one of the first people that, I think I might've been the first person I got there. And I was just sat there like, oh God, like, I just hope like, everyone's all right. And everyone was- Are they drinking fine. before everyone arrived? No, I, I did actually think about that, but I thought, you know, I'm going to sit in my room and then if someone does come, I don't want to open my door I with a beer in my hand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I thought your impression of Ash from the time is that he was a complete alcoholic. Yeah, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just kind of thought, like, do you ever feel a pressure to kind of invent something about yourself in like a social situation to make yourself seem more cool or more like desirable than you actually were? Hmm. Like, can you think not. of a moment where uh, early doors uh, at uni, you know, a lot of people were quite, quite posh and coming home, my mum was like, oh, like you're actually speaking quite well, um, which I, I know that I would have been putting on like, oh, hey, you're right. Like, what's going on, mate? Um, which is quite cringe to think about now. But um... Yeah, I think accents are a bit of a different thing because people can't do it naturally. They're just trying to fit in when they're in like a different yeah, accent. Yeah, I sometimes would miss out the sometimes in Leeds. What do you mean? Eventually. You know how they go go to go into the kitchen? Like <laughs> really? I wouldn't do it often, but like there'd be the, 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 the occasion where I'd do it. Oh, wow. I don't know why, but um, maybe it was just in my mind semi taking the piss out of the accent, to be honest. But I did I did like find that I, it developed a bit. Coming home, it was, felt a bit weird. The way I was talking a little bit, but I don't know. What's the extra accent like? Is it just a? Is there an? Well, accent I mean, if you're, if you're talking about the actual like local accent, it's uh, like West Country, um, yeah. similar to West Country. But um, yeah, obviously a lot of people there are quite uh, quite posh. So um, I oh, yeah. did what I did to fit in. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I wanted to ask if someone is you know struggling with a bit of social anxiety and feeling like oh you know I, I do feel a bit weird in social situations I don't feel like I can actually be myself what advice would you give them it's often the fear of getting like judged isn't it so you I don't know how you sort of you've got to make, make them sort of perceive the other people as like not judging them if you know what I mean I don't know so Lawrence you, you were saying earlier that you, you found it obviously initially a little bit difficult in those in those circumstances how do you think that you yeah. you yourself improved I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think just over time and experience of doing it, you get better. But I don't really know what I'd say to someone to try and help them get better. Yeah, 
I would, I would say, I'd say two things. I'd say first of all, is just to come into it and try and be as confident as you can. Um, yeah. I remember when I used to go to like uh, new societies in university. You'd have like a, a fresher session where like the new people would all stand around, and occasionally someone would just start talking to someone, and you'd be like, you'd be standing there, and be like, damn, why didn't they speak to me? Like, why couldn't I be the one who's talking to someone right now? Mm. When you actually realise. If you're the one who makes that first step, you're always going to be the person who gets to be talking to someone. You're always going to be the person making that connection. And so just having that, even if it's false confidence, that fake it till you make it attitude, it can be really, really helpful for just like meeting people and coming out your shell a bit more. But I would say the most important thing actually for just being yourself around people is to find the right group. I know you don't always have that choice, but a lot of the time, if you feel really out of place, if you're feeling really judged for what you're saying, it's not you, it's not your fault. You're just in the wrong group of people. Um, yeah. And I think we had that. So we had that when we were at school, didn't we? We were hanging out with a certain group of girls who should not be named. And I think a lot, never a lot of us- Never shall be named. Never, never uh, should be named. <laughs> a lot of us felt very awkward. Like we didn't belong. Like we felt like everything we had to say wasn't, you know, wasn't really clicking. We weren't making yeah. any friendships. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, because it was our only experience really of having another friendship group of girls, we thought it was us, like we couldn't talk to girls, like we were completely, you know, inept. But as we grew up, which we is grew true. older, <laughs> which is yeah, it was, yeah, it was, true, it was, it was true. true, which is bang on. <laughs> as we got older and we started meeting a few other groups of girls, yeah, we actually yeah. realised, you know, there are other groups for you. There are people who do get you. Um, so yeah, if you're having a hard time, it might, it just might be not the right group for you. So. Yeah, well, sometimes as well though it does take a while for the like to realize someone is the right in the right sort of group for you if you know what i mean like first yeah. things, often some people give a first impression that is not who they are really yeah you should give people time do you know what I mean you shouldn't just judge people yeah. in the first instance i think yeah what you're both saying is pretty good i think group the group thing is the biggest one because it, obviously most people want to be in a group of mates you want to have that kind of security and know oh these are people i can rely on but actually, one of the hardest things, but actually long term, the most effective thing is if you're in a group of mates where people don't appreciate you and you don't feel like you'd actually be yourself, you have to get out because yeah. there will be people that actually get to know the real you and be like, oh, that's actually really cool. I want to actually be with that person. I think fear is the biggest thing. I, yeah. I think the, the, the very idea of coming across as stupid or looking silly or people thinking that, oh, this guy's a bit weird talking to me. Um, I think once you kind of erase that, you can have a conversation with anyone, but that takes time. I think in order to get there, you have to keep working at it. Maybe, you know, wean yourself into smaller social situations, start with like two or three people. And then once you feel comfortable there, go into bigger groups and then eventually you'll be fine. Yeah. There's a other thing, like meeting people that, um, say you've got to meet like a, you're meeting a group of people that already know each other. Yeah, oh, that's tough. more difficult, I think, tough. than meeting like a load of strangers. Yeah. So like that goes back to like work things. Say if everyone's like relatively tight knit at work, and you go and meet like one of them, you you're just thinking at the time that they might be like feed, feeding back to no, all the rest and what you're like. And it's kind of mad that in our social group, like another boy hasn't joined in recently. I think that would be quite a difficult thing for someone to do because yeah. we've had such a connection with each other for so long. How are they going to compete? I mean, even even for my um, for my masters, I uh, there was a welcome session that there were some people that didn't attend to it. You know, it wasn't like the most important thing to go to. I don't think it was compulsory or anything. But I was like, I've got to go because if if people already make friends and have those connections, and I'm 
somebody who struggles in late and they're like, oh, like they've already built a rapport. How the hell yeah. am I going to compete with that? Yeah, I think you're right, Lawrence. Like, work is something, work is a really interesting situation, actually. If you don't instantly hit it off with a few people or if the group isn't very open, it's quite cliquey. It can be yeah. so difficult, can't it? It can be really hard. Because so what's the approach? Do you, like, let's say you've got this hypothetical situation where you've got a group of mates who've known each other for like five years and you're you're brought in. Do you do the kind of, like, what's your tactic to getting in? Do you, are you more like silent and you like, you slowly wean yourself in with one friend and then another one? Or are yeah. you going to go in like all guns blazing, like be I'm really fun everyone. and be like, wow, look at me, like let, get me involved. <laughs> but how how yeah. would you do it? I would, I would say, Personally, I just try and find one friend in that group. Um, and once they're, once they're kind of backing you, once they're like with you, it's a lot easier for the others yeah. to. Yeah. How do you pick you. that person? So if, you, if you've seen a group of boys, let's say, and you're like, right, I'm going to go for that group lad. Of boys. Yeah, he looks friendly. Uh, just the person you get on best with. I don't think it's too deep. I don't think you need to be like, um, you sound quite predatory there, Ash. You're like, looking <laughs> out your prey. Not you were like it, like, uni, <laughs> walking around, seeing, like, groups and thinking, right, that's the one. <laughs> like, he looks fun. <laughs> he looks like he could tolerate me. Let's go for it. Um, yeah, no, work is such a bizarre situation. I think, and I was thinking, like back, like, back to this talk that I was at, I was just thinking, they're trying so hard to build a place where people can be authentic. Yeah, there's nothing that incentivizes that. Particularly me, like, I I did feel for a long time that okay, if I'm going into like a, a legal setting, a law firm, I've got to be prim and proper. I've got to, you know, I've got to have all the etiquette nailed down. But actually, as I've gotten on a bit, I've realised yeah, actually, if I'm at a firm where I actually can't chat like I'm now, obviously there's an element of I have to be polished. I have to, you know, speak slowly. I have to be able to communicate well. Um, I don't want to be there thinking about this idea of being a paid actor so many people go to jobs or are in situations where they have to literally pretend to be someone else and yeah. i'm like that's way too exhausting yeah and i feel like it might actually be something that older people are just better at as well because because once they've worked at lots of places and you've gone to lots of groups you start to realize like it doesn't really matter yeah you just stop yeah. caring and then you can be more yourself yeah is there I mean, any to way you can be, be yourself straight from the straight off the bat though is there any way that you can be yourself from the start and people respect that. Cause I was listening to a, um, a TED talk from one of my favorite comedians at the moment. And he was talking about the reason why he has done so well is cause he says the number one thing people are attracted to is authenticity. That people know that like, oh, this guy or this girl is actually being themselves. Like they're not even pretending to be someone that they're not. So how do you become authentic? Practice. I don't think you can, right? You just, yeah, you know, if, if yourself doesn't work for a setting, there's nothing you can do because that's who you are. It's not like you can just switch on a switch and become a different authentic, you know? No, I, I guess that's true. I guess like, yeah, what you, it's kind of, I guess it's, it can be considered to be quite depressing that the cards you're dealt with, they're kind of the cards you're dealt with. You can't really yeah. change much about it. Yeah, I guess you just got to find the right setting, like um, somewhere where that kind of personality is going to be more accepted. And that's quite... You know, quite a big thing to think about, but yeah, it's sort of a big challenge. To... Yeah, and to be fair, the consequences can be quite dire. So, my work at the moment, um, I, I had that kind of experience where you know I came into a team of all girls. It was just me. There was no like kind of you know boyish banter or anything. So for a, a <laughs> long so, period, which you're so used to, <laughs> I, yeah, boyish, 
boyish. So for a long period, I was having to be very like, uh, I would say quite bland, you know, slowly getting to know people. And when we came to a social event, there was one of the girls who I'd spent like more time with, um, who was quite a good laugh, quite chatty, quite friendly. Um, and I kind of, it was a social event, we were drinking, I kind of took my moment to, you know, fire off a sarcastic joke and it landed really badly really it was just it was just basically she was like she said to me oh, uh, i know it was at a socially kind of event after work as well so i thought i'd be fine i went up to them and i said her and her best friend were there and i was like oh bye and she obviously didn't hear me and she turned around and said oh are you leaving and i was just like no nah, that's why i said goodbye quite sarcastic oh. you know i've actually said it <laughs> she just literally she was like all right i was only asking and it just became really awkward and i was like uh um and to, I, honestly to this day, i've been at this job i've been at this job for over like almost two years now to this day i don't think this girl has forgiven me for, for that moment and not just her but her like close friends in the team they okay. all pretty much hate me so um you know the consequences did, can be really dire if you did you leave straight after or did you like try and ex like i, I was just stuck i didn't i did not expect her to be so uh hurt by what i'd said i guess oh my yeah. god so yeah i just ran away this is the thing like i guess there are kind of three main ways you can be in a social interaction with new people right so you can either be like cocky displaying self-confidence you can either be like sarcastic or self-deprecating or you're just quiet like i think those are the kind of the three broad ways you can approach a new interaction with someone but they all come with so much risk yeah, yeah. out of the three to be fair being seen as someone who's arrogant is instantly like no like most people are turned off by that quite quickly if you're quiet it takes quite a patient person to be like okay you know, you know there may be something under there but we just got to take a while to to get it out so i guess the safest ground is probably being self-deprecating and a bit sarcastic but to the wrong person that is just, that is just an yeah. absolute cut off <laughs> yeah um yeah there, i just don't think about just, it too much yeah, just keep just keep moving on. Just keep rolling with the punches. Um, exactly. Actually, in, in terms of like cringe moments, there's nothing worse than when you're trying to have that first banter with someone from your work, yeah, and you just matter. have to you just have to hope that it lands and they get you because, like you said, <laughs> the, the initial conversation is going to be like very civil, cordial. You, yeah, one of you has to if you want to make a friendship or you know it's go if you're working with each other for a period of time. One of you's got to make that leap, and yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, sometimes it's almost got to be like accidental banter to start it off. But how do you how do you concoct that like this? Like you have to either wait for the perfect <laughs> moment or like an external thing to happen for you to go. Oh, you know, and then make yeah. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is all well, well, everything thing... fall into place. It can't be forced. Which is... <laughs> right. I think this is yeah. I think this is where that thing about authenticity comes in, Ash. Where if you're overthinking it, like like we're doing now yeah it's really <laughs> stilted and awkward you know you just got to kind of go with it and see what yeah. happens yeah i guess you you can't really engineer it can you you kind of have to wait for it to naturally i i wish honestly if if this was a social norm i'd be so happy if i could ask someone when i first meet them are What's you your into... on panda? <laughs> are you into <laughs> the office peep show any of like those shows 
And if they say no, I then know how to proceed. I can take it more cautiously. If they say yeah. yes, I know what I'm hitting them with straight straight away. Yeah. Actually, you do know you can't ask people that, right? No, I can't. That's weird. It's a weird thing to do. <laughs> it's not weird to someone. I'm going up instead of going. Oh, hi, I'm Ash. By the way, do you like the office? Yeah, maybe not for a very first sentence, but you know, after you've met someone for the first time, you can definitely ask people that. I ask people what their favourite films are all the time. But how early on? In a, in a, in like a social interaction, conversation. Honestly. Second sentence is a conversation. Okay. You go, Hi, I'm Ben. Do you like? Like second conversation or third conversation? That's quite a good one. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you found this as well at your workplaces, but when you're trying to like build that next level of friendship, how do you go about like asking someone for that their number? That's a strange thing as well. Like, not in a, not in a flirty or anything, but just like you know, just to catch up or like maybe it's easier for your work or whatever. Um, like maybe you live in the same direction and like you want to walk together or get a bus together. How do you even say, oh, like, can I like grab your like even without sounding a bit a bit weird? But yeah, a bit creepy. I'm not really experienced at asking for numbers, to be honest. Ben, have you asked for someone at your work's numbers for like collaboration or work and stuff like that? Or uh, I don't. I can't I've believe you asked my number. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Well, nowadays it's like Facebook and all that stuff. You don't. Yeah, really people need people numbers. often do it on like Instagram. I think is the one where like people will like each other's pictures and and that's quite like a non-committal way of. You know, staying in touch with someone outside of work. Yeah, I guess so. Whereas, I've, I don't think I've like properly texted a colleague, you know, in like a really like friendly kind of way ever. Um, really? But uh, you do that uh, like on a like a, like you said, like an Instagram or Facebook that kind of stuff, and just know like from an arm's length. Okay, I, I we like each other. That's enough. I don't need to actually say like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And that's a bit sad. But that's the state of play, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> Like when I first thought of a workplace, I didn't think it would just be a kind of droid-like setting where everyone's kind of just. I, I know, obviously, in terms of the structure of it and how people actually work, that has to happen. But I thought you'd, you know, you'd meet like characters. I thought work would be like uni, and it isn't. For some reason, everyone's personality from uni is just kind of dragged out and then spilled out, and then you're just shoved into a workplace. All right, do that now. Yeah, which is sad because people love uni. I think people love uni, obviously, for the freedom side of it, but also because you're meeting so many different kinds of people and you get to actually experience their personalities. The thing is, with uni, you're kind of there to make friends, right? And have no, fun. No, you're there for an education. That is the primary. Yeah, like, Typically, you're there for an education. Uni's developed a, enough of a reputation to, like, the primary source of like reason to go to uni at the moment is to have fun and make friends. Yeah. Whereas work, no one works really to make friends, do they? So there isn't that, I don't know, expectation? I was going to say, especially just because at work, often you're working with people who are like different ages is a big thing. Um, you know, like 20 years older than you, 30 years older than you. It's it's quite difficult to make like close friends with someone who has grown up in a different time to you and doesn't get your references. And you, I think you know. I think 20 years is not too bad because that's someone who's about like mid-40s. But then, yeah. yeah, but they've had 20 years of being in workplaces and that environment whereas you're, you're we're like three, three yeah. years into <laughs> hello when i was thinking like, of this question of like being authentic i came up with like a couple of things that i thought were hallmarks of someone who is like not really being themselves and i just wanted to see if you agreed so the first one was 
agreeing with someone just to avoid conflict? Do you think that's a sign of someone being inauthentic or is it just a strategy to that that might that someone might use just for themselves? I think so, a lot of times it's just an avoidance strategy. But is that being true to yourself? Like if, if someone is saying something that you you disagree with or is trying to, you know, bring a conflict forward and you're just going to go, yeah, no, I agree, I agree, no, I actually agree with you. Is that you think, actually airing your grievances properly? And could that not potentially yeah. build up and bottle up? But then being yourself, sometimes you won't like sort of approach or like be like, you wouldn't like, some people being themselves is avoiding it and yeah. agreeing. Yeah. But, if you, but if you disagreed with what someone was saying and that was your authentic self and you agreed with someone yeah. just to avoid the conflict, would no, that be you being yeah, but, but like as in being yourself is avoiding the conflict, if you know what I mean? Some people like, do just naturally not want to, they'll do not, that anyway. Not want to. Whereas if you're someone who would like naturally be very opinionated and you're then doing that, then yes, that is an authentic. Um, the second one I got was remaining friends with someone even though you no longer like or respect them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's like me and Ben. Obviously, I'm joking. Easy, easy shot. Um, what do you think of I that? I do like you a bit. Sorry? I said I do like you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> respect, no, but yeah. respect, no respect. <laughs> that would be bizarre to me. Yeah, that would be bizarre. Are you? Have you ever really. been in situations where you've been friends with someone? It could not even. It doesn't have to be an individual thing. It could be like hanging out in a group context. That you're like, oh, I actually don't respect you or like you, but I'm still gonna like. Hi, you're right. Like, what's going on? Yeah, you get yeah. that when they're in your group but calling them a friend and then not liking them or respecting them is uh, bold but a lot of people do it because maybe similar to the um, the avoidance of conflict people do it because it's hassle and it's a lot of um, like emotional labour to have to like like a friendship breakups are the worst thing yeah like oh you had that one at uni didn't you it was a bit of a problem um, yeah no I yeah it was it was yeah really hard like it was almost as bad as a breakup because you're mm. you, you spend so much more so you spend all this like great time with someone and, you're, and suddenly they're like just gone and you're like well nothing really ended like that because you don't really end things with a friend you don't you don't go we're not friends yeah. anymore you just you just drift apart and then you're like oh god like that's actually quite sad yeah well the other thing about being like civil and stuff i think a lot of people being themselves is being civil in that sort of situation so it, they're still being themselves if they're saying like hi and all this. And... But is it being is it you only being yourself because there's a social norm that you're not supposed to kick off if you're in a friendship group and one person isn't your mate, or if you're or is it because it's, I think especially for girls as well, like being someone who's argumentative can come across quite unfavorably for you, even if you are within your rights to argue. And people who don't do that, like if you're someone who's going to bottle that up instead or you are going to feel resentment towards yourself but you're doing it only because like, oh like i don't want to create the hassle for it is you not being true to yourself like have you mm. ever been in a situation where like you really disagree with someone or, or maybe even the way they were treating you or someone else but you and you wanted to say something but you didn't but hasn't everyone been in that sort of situation but that, that's my point yeah i don't know are we all are we, do, don't we all find ourselves in these situations where actually we should really be ourselves and that might actually deal with the problem faster but we are all kind of somewhat conditioned to be like, oh, I don't want to like address that to keep peace or for whatever reason. 
and that is all of us not being true to how we should really be acting i don't know the thing is the problem is conflict can be quite scary right it depends it, it, can, it, depends. it can just it can be quite scary so sometimes like i've had arguments with friends and i get quite like flushed and like before you know it the moment's gone and like you think about it for like five seconds after and you're like oh i wish i'd like actually put my foot down or said something but the yeah. moment's gone and when you're in the moment and it's all heated time goes so quickly and you can lose that chance so but do no, you I regret do you, so, but do, after that moment has passed do you regret not having said something yeah of course the speed if it's caught you off guard um yeah surprise not having time to process it, it you know i think there's lots of reasons why not wanting to get into a fight you know it, there's lots of reasons why in the moment you don't do what you want to do, but yeah. yeah. Do, you th- do you think we should do more of it though? No, I'm not necessarily getting to more fights unnecessarily. Like obviously a lot of conflicts, they're heat at the moment. You can de-escalate by taking a break and whatever. But if you do feel quite an injustice about something and you feel like, you know, I, 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 I want to be true to myself and say how I'm really feeling. Should you not be more confident in going, you know, I'm going to stand up for myself here. I'm going to say what I feel. I, I think in the heat of the moment, it's very difficult to do that. Um, yeah. But I think what we can do is, after the fact, maybe be more honest. You know, after everything's settled down, you can go to that person and be like, you know what, actually what you said upset me, and talk about it there, once you've had kind of like space to think about it and process. Yeah. One of the other ways I thought about, uh, as an example of being inauthentic, was being ultra positive all the time as a means to not address negative feelings sounds like you ash uh you know what i i did well i I, so i read this and i thought you know that that possibly could apply to me i think i've got a lot better now and actually take i'm far less positive now than i was i think like five ten years ago i think i think i was very blissfully um and kind of irresponsibly optimistic about life i don't necessarily Uh, think that's a bad thing it's not it's not a bad thing if you're also at the same time addressing reasons why like if you do like feel even just having a bit of an off day or like i'm just i'm just feeling a bit off kilter if you don't address it then it's a bad thing because i think that those things will eventually build up and actually if you don't learn from an early age okay if i'm sad upset hungry whatever if i don't know how to address those things then when something really bad happens you're not going to be able to process that at all because you've only told yourself it's fine any small thing i can just be really positive and outweigh it yeah i think you're both right to be honest i think as Lawrence said like you know having a positive spin on things having that person like in a group or in a team that is really positive can be really beneficial you know like when everyone else is getting down they're the person that's dragging everyone up they're the one who's seeing everything in a good way um because positivity is proactive a lot of the time but as you say, Ashley, you do need to know how to contain negative emotions and how to let them out properly. Um, like I cry a lot of movies. Um, Shock. And I find I find it quite ridiculous that a lot of a lot of blokes like Shock or Shrek. Always Shrek, Lawrence. <laughs> Uh, I find it quite ridiculous that a lot of guys like just don't cry. They they, they bottle those things in. Well, you know, I don't. Just... I, I don't know. I can't cry at a movie to be honest. Really? No. There are some movies that are absolute tearjerkers. To be fair. Yeah, I think that's probably the. Do you think? the standards of that are put on a lot of men creates men who are actually inauthentic that aren't actually living how they should be so you're mentioning there better about like it's mad that like boys don't openly talk about how they they should actually feel which is they feel emotional they feel sad at certain things they're able to cry yeah i I can only talk from 
like really having worked in an office for like most of my adult life but I, I get the impression that a lot of women are more I don't know they kind of navigate it better the office environment and I think the office definitely favors that kind of female experience a bit more okay um, and men often have to like especially in like mixed offices they're the ones who have to really really make that effort to not be too blunt or too offensive um, really that's, that's really interesting maybe there has been a slight change because I would imagine that given that for a long time obviously offices were typically quite male dominated women had yeah. to like adopt quote unquote kind of male characteristics of being quite you know dominant aggressive you know asking for pay and these kind of things and having to kind of mix it with the boys if, if, as it were um, so and obviously that kind of alienated a lot of women because they were like well I'm not like that how the hell am I supposed to compete in this atmosphere with just like 50 blokes just sweating and just running around and just being mad um, yeah so maybe it's, maybe this is a slight you know culture change which maybe it's a good thing mm. you know you, you, I'd rather even as a boy I'd rather be in a more feminine office than the extremes of a masculine office if that makes sense like if, we've been to a boys school right so you've seen like the extent of like really hyper masculinity i don't want to be yeah. anywhere near that yeah i i don't know I, I think my experience is i work in publishing which is like 70 75 percent women um so i you know what i'm saying there might not be representative of a lot of offices um which are as you say a bit more masculine actually in a workplace it should be like you know there should be a degree of respect and professionalism but then like kind of we mentioned earlier on yeah, that is creating quite bland characters where there isn't a lot of personality um then that also isn't a, an optimal solution I feel like either. a lot of a lot of people as well feel like because the office is mainly it's a five day week in it like five days a week mm. a lot of people need to sort of blow off steam more than just at the weekend if you know what i mean so they, yeah. they need to do it like almost out like could, could be like hourly or could be like doing that like five days a week being like a robot is yeah. very it's not so it's like draining man really. yeah it's yeah, very draining. so it's like midweek and you you've had like a really stressful week sometimes you just want to be like oh for fuck's sake out loud and people not come over and think you're having a mental breakdown yeah um <laughs> i imagine a lot of like very masculine offices sometimes that happens you know people just fucking swear at things and blokes will just be like yeah whatever he's just he's just pissed um i don't know i i think from my perspective at least having worked in like a really feminine office i think it is more about having that balance yeah i think it's about that balance i i think maybe from my perspective we've gone too far the other way currently um in my field at least and i know a lot of fields that won't be like that but yeah that's why i I agree about balance man and i think the balance is because most people right they are a mix of both like the average man isn't an oaf who just wants to run around and like piss all over the office and the average woman doesn't want to just have to navigate office spaces in in a way that she in a way that you know maybe feels too safe and she can't express her personality yeah the solution is just in allow people in the office to just actually be themselves yeah it's true although you say that i once worked in an office where there was a guy who was literally known as the phantom shitter because he left a shit (laughs) on the floor um what? Of the hallway from the <laughs> As like a joke or like Yeah, a bloke. He so not a joke, not a <laughs> No I <laughs> Was it like I a don't know. He had a personal problem or was it a joke? 
or was it a medical diagnosis that he's had, or was it some I kind of he was... twisted protest? I think he was making a statement. Uh, if I'm from being oh. honest, um, the higher he up. did it twice, not just once. He did, he did it twice. twice. Oh jeez! So they actually... listened the first time. He just seared never... shitter. The solution, they never caught who it was. They never like found him in the act. They never like could pin him. Are you admitting? Are you admitting it now? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Jeez. That's oh, terrible. God. Oh my god. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Wait, what? So you know it's a guy? Well, you know everyone, it. everyone. Basically, he left like a month after all this happened. Oh, so, they, shit, you, so you know who it is. <laughs> Stop happening. Why don't you tell your managers? <laughs> Yeah, but what if it stopped happening because it didn't work the first two times? It may well have done. I think I think there was suspicion that it was a certain oh. person. Though. That's quite an allegation to cast on someone that you shat on the office floor twice. Are you the one who <laughs> shat on the floor? <laughs> right, okay. I'm sure I'd like to say that that does not represent the majority of people that work in offices. Well, otherwise, the floor, otherwise the floors would be covered. <laughs> <laughs> If it represented like everyone who works in the office, there'd be so many. <laughs> That's a lot of shit. <laughs> Just as a final word, if someone is in an office, in a friendship, just in any life situation where they're feeling that actually I'm not really being true to myself, what steps do you think they could take to slowly come out of their shell and feel comfortable expressing the person that they know that they really are? I don't know if I can give advice on this. I, I don't know if I've fully managed to do this yet, to be honest, in my like three years of office work. It's really hard. I think I think the main thing is just giving it time, like enough time yeah. to kind of come out naturally. Yeah, I once got, I actually once got, um, I, I don't know, brought into a side room by one of my managers and uh, somewhere I used to work. And she was like, you know, you're being a bit too overly like friendly with some senior members of staff. Uh, you kind of need to naturally build that rapport like we've done like i've known her six months you've only been here like three weeks and you're being a bit uh overbearing that is outrageous that is yeah that's great she's my friend not your friend (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is pretty bad yeah um but she was an awful manager so no i think it's about giving it time i think she was yeah there was some truth in what she was saying i say time and you just always got to remember that everyone's sort of human and everyone's like no what like you gotta sort of forget that you're getting judged and not think about being judged by everyone and just be yourself and you know, people will probably be more accepting of if you're yourself anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I think really you, we're all in the same boat, isn't it? Everyone is going yeah. to the workplace like in exactly the same situation, trying to find their feet, trying to work out actually where do I fit amongst this? How can I bring out little bits of my personality? Um, yeah. So just yeah. be patient, I guess. And above all else, don't shit on the floor. Yep, don't do that. Don't do it twice as well. (laughs) (laughs) 